Blog Talk Radio. Thank you, everybody, for, again, as I do every single week, 
And, yes, I do it every single week, but I do mean it. I want to thank everybody for supporting the show. Thank everybody for those of you that go into the archives after the show is off. Maybe you don't make a lot of the live shows, but you do have a chance to make the um, show afterwards, and you listen. And I just want to thank everybody. I don't want to forget. That's why I always do it first. And I also thank you all that are here already on the phone lines and in the chat room. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. How's everybody doing? Hopefully the family's doing well. I really mean that. Hopefully everybody had a chance to get out and enjoy this wonderful, wonderful um, sunny day we had today. And um, I mean, because uh, I'm sure it's going to get a lot hotter and we'll start complaining. So, but right now, wasn't bad at all. Wasn't bad at all. And uh, I don't know about you, but I'm thankful. I'm thankful that we live uh, in a land. I mean, I see a lot of, I have a lot of complaints about America, and some people probably be shocked to know that I'm even complimenting, but it's good to have peaceful days, and I'm sure a lot of countries have peaceful days like today, but I'm glad this is not a war-toned country. It is, it really is behind the scenes, but, I mean, as far as in the the natural eye, no tanks driving down the streets and war, and, you know, we could be living in the Gaza Strip over in Israel, so... I just thank I'm thankful today, family, that things are as good as they are, however good they are. And I think you should too. You should be glad that things are as good as they are. I know a lot of things ain't what you want. I know you probably not where you want to be, some of you. But I'm thankful that things are as good as they are. So tonight we have, a, I think, a very vital show. I sent a text message out to different people saying vital, using the word vital. And um, everybody knows what vital means, something important like your vital organs. Well, tonight's show is a vital show, vital information that will be delivered by a audio presentation by the one and only Dr. Bridget Hillier. Um, don't know if you had a chance to... Here's a sister uh, and woman that are loose, but um, it's a powerhouse. This woman is, I don't, I wouldn't put her on for the family if she didn't have something to say. And there's something she has to say is very relevant to not just this family, but all families. So I don't think Seth is trying to say something to the family, start up something. I'm not. Every family has uh, war with generational curses, either spoken by family or spoken by friends of the family. Every family deals with, in some way or another, some parts of the family or other generational curses. So instead of tonight us having a guest, we will not have a guest. We will do an audio presentation by author and Dr. Bridget Hilliard. And uh, many of you are familiar with her husband, but tonight it's going to be her shot at talking about generational curses. She actually did this presentation at the uh, Woman's Thou Are Loose, and I had a chance to listen to it, and uh, I'm looking forward to hearing it again, to tell you the truth. So I'm excited about having 
this information to share with the family. We won't have a guest on tonight. For the second hour, we'll do this audio presentation. It is about an hour long, and we will need the whole hour. So, family, I'm telling y'all, y'all in for a treat. If I were you, I would send a message to any friends, anybody you know. If they're a family, any family on the planet <laughs> that you can talk to and that don't, won't get offended by you sending this kind of message, I would send it to them. I would send this message to him because um, hmm, uh, Dr. Bridget uh, has a way with talking to people that is very, um, how can I say it? You know she's real, and she, you know she's not trying to pull, no, no, pull, pull nothing over your eyes. So I feel comfortable in um Again, presenting it to the family and anybody else's family. So share this information. Text people and say, hey, uh, the Book of Douglas Family Friends Network is on. And Seth is going to be presenting a, uh, a powerful sister talking about uh, um, generational curses. So I'm telling you all, you need to do it. And also there's a way you can uh, share this, uh, if you're online, if you're looking at the show right now, you're looking at her picture. I got a picture of her, uh, Dr. Hillier. And um, if you want to share this show, there is a way you can do it. I mean, just by looking at the show, you, and you, you, y'all need to take note of this because some of y'all really do want to share. You want, you want others to hear about it, and I'm telling you, this is the way you do it. It's very, very, sim- uh, very simple. Don't let the uh, internet intimidate you. Okay, so look at the front page. Look at your front page. Those of you uh, on the Internet tonight, look at your front page. Look at this show. And on this show, let me just pull mine up real quick. You're going to see where it says share. And that's what you want to do. You want to share this show. And um, you can type in somebody's uh, email address. You can uh, let me just get up here and I'm going to tell you exactly the procedures real quickly, real quickly, because many of you uh, have have been wanting to share this. So this is how you do it. Not many of you, some of you. Okay. Well, she was many of you. But anyway, uh, you would go to www.blogtalkradio.com slash five. Smooth stones. That's the number five, then smooth, then stones. Okay? It's just that simple. Once you pull up five smooth stones, once you pull up five smooth stones, uh, and if you forget to type in five smooth stones, just do a search for five smooth stones, and when it come up, right up under the uh, the show description, there is something that says uh, email. And right up under that, right up under the picture, uh, right up under the volume, it says the word share. And orange, orange little button. Click on that button, folks. Click on that button and just type in whoever it is you want to share this show with. It's just that simple. See how easy that was? Tell me, don't be intimidated by this uh, whole blog talk stuff. It's not hard at all. 
And speaking of that, we still have a spot on the um, the Five Smooth Stones Network for anybody else that want to do a show. Of course, I need to talk to you to make sure that you're not doing something that, because I'm paying for this and I don't want it to, um, if I'm paying for it, I should have a little say, right, just a little bit. So I just don't want nobody on on the network doing some crazy talking about something totally off. But if you know I'm liberal, I mean I can't control nobody. If you want to talk about some things on your heart and it's legitimate, and I, you know, then you can uh, pick up one of these days. I'm not doing a show. I've actually the package I have, I have I have every day to record, but I don't have time to record every day. So I only do three shows a week, and this is how I give back. Some people work in the community. Some people volunteer here, volunteer there. Some people do this at their church, do that at their church. Well, this is I give back. Some people think that's all you do is on the Internet. No, this is my giving back. This is my work in the community. I don't get a chance to go around some families. I do it on purpose. I won't go around some family members. Not that I'm dodging, but I don't have time. So this is one of the reasons we have this network. This is a, one way to reach out to the family. Okay, and, and and some of y'all may say, "Oh, it's just a network, and it's good to visit people." Yeah, you do, and I will do that. But I'm I'm saying, what better way than to have y'all y'all would just participate? Some of y'all, then we will be able to feel more uh, like a family. And you don't have to just support me. This ain't my thing. This is your thing. Okay, and y'all know it's a good idea because I've talked to many of you. So this is Seth's way of giving back, Seth's way of uh, supporting the family, Seth's way of, you know, this is how I do it on Tuesdays and Thursdays when I do the own, my own little shows, uh, my own shows. That's my way of giving to the community. Again, different people give in different ways, and I chose to give by uh, brokering information. I like sharing information, empowering people through what I've come across. Not that I know everything. But I do know something, and what the little something I know, I broker it. I, I, and I don't charge you, but I'm just saying I get it out to people, get it out to people. So, and I'm willing to allow you to do the same thing because I have some extra days, family. Anybody interested in the show, let me know. Tonight, 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 tonight. Hopefully uh, we'll have a, uh, a spiritual, uplifting, enlightening uh, um, when. Um, Enlightening show tonight, and uh, we really, really want this uh, show to be taken well, this information, not just the sister that's coming on later on, uh, Dr. Uh, Bridget Hillier, but also if Aunt Robbie calls in with her word for the day. I know sometimes she has some things on she don't call. If she don't call, we do have some other backup inspirational things. But whether she calls or not, I'm hoping that her words will will, will take her serious and whatever she's offering the family you know, take it and be careful whatever she say, whatever Dr. Hilliard is saying later on. And uh, I really don't like titles like doctor and reverend. People want to call, want to be called, that's fine. Bottom line is, do you have a word from the Most High? You know, the Lord called me to preach in 1982, and I never really liked title. Don't even like people knowing I'm a minister. I like just doing the job of a minister, getting the word out there, getting people free. That's all I care about because nobody in the... Nobody really went by those titles in the Old Testament or New Testament. Nobody called Moses, Rev Moses, or Superintendent Moses. And sometimes it's a good thing. Sometimes it's just people on with egos. So anyway, but the doctor, 
Hilliard will be on tonight. She is going to be a treat. I will promise you that. Okay, so tonight we have her, and again, we're going to do a word from our president, the one and only President Obama. He will speak tonight with his weekly address, and um, I've included the family in this. I think it's a good idea for our young people, those that are listening to the show, to hear the president talk to the nation, his weekly address. He does it every single week. And uh, I'm just thankful that we have um, this president who even does that. So President Obama, again, will speak shortly. Um, and I'm just trying to think of what else I didn't, I have not mentioned to everybody because I want everybody to know what's going to happen on the show before it happens. This way, won't be nobody saying, everybody will kind of have an idea of what's going on. That, that's what I like to do. So uh, Obama's going to, we'll bring him on, President Obama will bring him on in a second. Also, we'll be talking about the weather, a brief little 30-second update, a minute update of the weather. Um, I was pretty on time last week, wasn't I, except Wednesday. It, it rained, and uh, I'm quoting FAA, WFAA, so if I get it wrong, it's because they... It's because they got it wrong on their website, but uh, they had said 95 degrees was the highest. We ended up getting that rain. It was a real, really cool day, which actually helped us. But anyway, uh, we'll do the weather briefly, and then the, the movies, uh, what's happening at the box office, uh, who did what, how the movies uh, fared out. Uh, we'll do it, the countdown, uh, top ten movies. And then we'll also have a little comedy. We've been doing it every week. Y'all seem to like that. And like I said, ain't Robin may call with, with her inspirational thought, which she do pretty much every week. And we'll also do the Did You Know segment of the show. This is the new segment of the show where we um, ask the question, did you know this? And we just share different history, points in history or economic facts or world facts or something that I think the family might get a, a not just a kick, but a, serious um, enlightenment of the information. Health information we got coming at you and some uh, economic information also if we have time. We'll see how we do with the time. And I see people um, already listening to the show. And Again, I appreciate that. Uh, I want to do this. I want to give a few more minutes for allow family just a few more minutes to come and then we will proceed, all right? We will proceed with the show, all right? So let's do that. Let's go ahead and get the family just a little bit more time. And uh, what y'all think of uh, the, the fight last night? Wasn't it something? I mean, those of you that watch boxing, hmm, you can always call and talk about that too, the fight. We ain't too religious to where we won't talk about the fight. So a lot happened, a lot happened. A lot is still happening. They're still debating on that fight. So we'll be right back. This is just uh, a little bit something different. It's James Brown. Check this out.
Okay, folks, we're back. I just want to thank everybody again for your patience uh, and um, allowing me to wait for a few more family members. I know some of y'all want to get into more media stuff and then just the music playing, but uh, it's an important part of the show. Uh, definitely, we're going to be playing a whole lot of music. That's that's what I, I think a lot of people want to hear, to tell you the truth. Uh, like I said, I want to go ahead and get the uh, President of the United States. I uh, respect this man dearly. Like I said, he's the lesser of the evils. I don't agree with Obama on everything. You shouldn't either. None of us should. We should have our own uh, our own mind. And if you have your own mind, you're going to disagree with your friends sometimes. But I do believe he's a friend of poor people, struggling people. And, uh, yes, he believes in big government. No, the Bible does not support big government. But when you have the previous president who already used big government to fatten the pockets of his friends, this man come in, he's simply just trying to be an equalizer, and I respect that dearly. Yes, I believe that the New World Order has picked him. I don't think no black man is going to be president unless they sanction that. Uh, don't look at God as having to give, be a miracle and put him in office or anything like that. I don't believe that. I feel like Obama is the man for the New World Order. However, uh, he's just a puppet. He's not the, the in crowd. He's not part of the, um, the... This is just my opinion. This is my opinion. But I do do research. And I, I love his family, and I love him, and I hope nothing happens to him. But I have to put my prejudices, prejudices aside and look at facts. And the fact is no black man could have gotten their white house without all these uh, white votes. We're only 13% of the population. And I don't think, really, to be honest with you, our votes did it. All white people votes did it. I think they pick who they want to be president. But I still like the fact that the whole world has to look up to this man. That's what I like. Call it the fleshly thing, call it the black thing, whatever. But I like him being in a position for just the image sake, but I do think he's being used. I do think he's being used. I just honestly do. But I think he's the lesser of the evils. If you're going to vote, you should vote. Our forefathers fought, forefathers and mothers fought hard for to have that right to vote. I think we should honor them and respect them in voting, but not be fooled by um, who this man is and how he got in office. And I also understand that the Bible is going to be fulfilled. It's going to have to be fulfilled. And... Uh, do we want it to be fulfilled with a black man in office? Of course, it's going to be fulfilled. Prophecies has to come to pass. And America's part in this latter day is not a good part. In the end, in the end, America does not play a good part. So we have to ask ourselves, do we want this man to really win? Because if he wins and America does what she's supposed to do according to Scripture, they're going to blame on this black man just like they're doing it right now. He's taking our rights. Obama doing this. Obama doing that. These people are tearing him up. So part of me just wanted to just get out, bring his family out all in one piece, and let these people have his country and let God judge this nation. Then another part of me wants him to just, you know, be the champion and to pull it back and where he can get, you know, where he will look like the hero, but that's in cartoon land. This is a real world, a new world order, one world government, and I'm telling you, according to Scripture, ain't no prophet, no end-time prophet is going to agree with you thinking that America is going to be saved. Uh, 
You have to understand we've done a lot of things to a lot of other countries, and the Bible says that you reap what you sow, and God would not be a fair God if you allow America just to be number one all the time to squash and step on all of these little African countries, all these other countries that we're causing havoc and poverty, and we've been exploring nations for a long, long time. We've been in the bed with the enemies. We create terrorists. We create a manufacturer. A terrorist is nothing more than somebody that disagrees with us. <laughs> anyway, anyway, that's just my opinion. I'm sure you have an opinion. Why don't you call in and give me your opinion, and let's make this show a show, okay? Not for the sake of just being different, but let's talk. I'd love to know what some of y'all think on this, but I tell you, I've done a whole lot of research on this, and uh, it'd be interesting to hear what you have to say. But anyway, uh, let's go ahead and do a few more things, and uh, like I said, uh uh, this time we're going to go ahead and listen to the president. After that, uh, I'll uh, do the weather, like I said, in movies, 10 top movies. And we'll go to and Robbie, if she, when she calls in, we'll just go ahead and uh, plug her in and let her uh, share the inspirational thought for tonight. So let's go ahead at this time and listen to the one and only President Barack Obama. Listen to his weekly address. It happens every single week. And some of y'all, I know you're not interested in politics. You feel like you can't change the world, you know, especially after what I just said. But at least you can know. Uh, you, we are required to know the signs of the time. We are required as believers to know the signs of the time, to be aware. This is being uh, uh, responsible. Check this out. It's coming. This week, I spent some time talking with college students about how we can make higher education more affordable. And one of the things I told them was how proud I was that they were making that investment in themselves. Because in today's economy, the best predictor of success is a good education. That's not just true for our individual success. It's also true for America's success. New jobs and new businesses will take root wherever they can find the most highly educated, highly skilled workers. And I want those workers to be American workers. I want those good-paying, middle-class jobs to take root right here. So it should concern everybody that right now, all across America, tens of thousands of teachers are getting laid off. In Pennsylvania alone, there are 9,000 fewer educators in our schools today than just a year ago. In Ohio, the number is close to 7,000. And nationwide, over the past three years, school districts have lost over 250,000 educators. Think about what that means for our country. When there are fewer teachers in our schools, class sizes start climbing up. Our students start falling behind. And our economy takes a hit. The point is, teachers matter. One study found that a good teacher can increase the lifetime income of a classroom by over $250,000. A great teacher can change the course of a child's life. So the last thing our country needs is to have fewer teachers in our schools. Now, I know states are still going through some tough times. I realize that every governor is dealing with limited resources, and many face stark choices when it comes to their budgets. But that doesn't mean we should just stand by and do nothing. When states struggle, it's up to Congress to step in and help out. In 2009 and in 2010, we provided aid to states to keep hundreds of thousands of teachers in the classroom. But we need to do more. That's why a critical part of the jobs bill that I sent to Congress back in September was to help states prevent even more layoffs and rehire even more teachers who had lost their jobs.
Of course, months later, we're still waiting on Congress to act. When it comes to this recovery, we can't fully control everything that happens in other parts of the world, but there are plenty of things we can control. There are plenty of steps we can take right now to strengthen our economy. Putting teachers back in our kids' classroom is one of those steps. There's no excuse for inaction. You work hard. Your leaders should, too, especially at this make-or-break moment for the middle class. I know this is an election year, but some things are bigger than an election. Some things are bigger than politics. So I hope you'll join me in telling Congress to do the right thing, to get to work and to help our teachers back in the classroom. We can't afford to wait any longer. Thanks, and have a great weekend. That's your president. That is your president. And uh, I just feel for him having to fight with those Republicans. <laughs> I'll tell you. Anyway, folks, just makes you wonder, you know, are they just really pissing off people? And I see Ain't Robbie in the house. I see you. Thank you. Uh, but uh, it makes you wonder, do are these the powers that be causing all these teachers to be laid off and trying to mess up the country? just to get everybody pissed off to where they wouldn't put the president back in office. See, if everybody's mad, they're going to be looking for change. And I sometimes wonder, because you wonder where all that money went, all that money that they gave each state. There's no way these teachers should be getting laid off like they're doing, cutting choirs and, you know, choir funding for these schools, and et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, folks, if you're concerned about the weather, we'll briefly um, – Tomorrow, tomorrow, the high is 100. Can you believe that? It is clear and sunny. It's going to be clear and sunny. It's according to WFAA. W, what is this? This is Google News, actually, and they're pretty good, Google News. Yes, all, all you do is just go to www.google.com. You just type in weather, and they'll give you the weather. Sunny, 100. Low is 75. Tuesday, Thunder showers. Remember last week I said that they got real low this Wednesday. You got down to what, like 78 Wednesday? Well, this Tuesday they're saying uh, 95 is the high and the low is going to be 72. Wednesday, the high is 97, the low is 72. I'm not excited about this week. It's hot, 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 but that's the life of Texas, right? Y'all all for me with that. All right, movies, quickly, quickly. For those of you interested in movies, you go to the movies, you hang out the movies, that's your thing. We'll do the top ten real quick, and then we'll just move right along with the show. Uh, number ten, number ten. Can you uh, guess what it is? Moonrise Kingdom, Moonrise Kingdom. To, uh, this weekend grossed $1.5 million. To date, it has grossed $3.7 million. Can you believe that? Well, that's the truth. Coming to number nine, movie I like to go see, The Dictator. It grossed $2.1 million uh, this weekend. Overall, it has grossed $55 million. Number eight, Battleship, uh, grossed $2 million. Overall, 59 Number seven, moving right along, what to expect when you're expecting. That's, this movie is still hanging around. It must be a good movie. Um Two million, two point seven million. Today it was gross thirty-five. Number six, the best exotic Marigold Hotel, three point two million over the weekend, thirty-one to date. Number five, Marvel: The Avengers. Uh, this has got to be the movie to see out of all the movies because although it only grossed ten point eight million over the weekend, which is a lot, 
to date, this movie has grossed. You ready for this? $571 million. That's half a billion dollars, people. A movie. A movie now. Men in Black. Another movie I like to see, Josiah, um, when I saw this, and he said that it was really good. It was better than Men in Black 1 and 2. And those two were some good movies. $13.5 million over the weekend, $135 million to date. Number three, moving all the way to the first, uh, to number one, Snow White and the Huntsman, gross $23 million, $98 million to date. Uh, from... Prometheus, if I'm pronouncing it right, Prometheus, is a new movie. It grossed $50 million over the weekend. That's pretty good. Pretty good. I don't know what this movie is about. This is a new one on me. Grows to date $50 million, so 50 and 50 The number one movie out right now, folks, everybody know what I'm going to say. Madagascar 3, Europe's Most Wanted, has grossed. Sixty million over the weekend, sixty million to date. So it's because it just came out. All right, so that's that's the top ten movies people are breaking their neck to go see. <laughs> so anyway, folks, um, we're gonna go ahead and let's see what is probably best. We we'll go ahead and bring in Robbie on, let her get her inspirational thought for the day. Um, Anxious to know what that would be. Uh, hey, Robbie, I think this is you, Eric Code 817 Go ahead with your inspiration. Well, first of all, how are you doing, first and foremost? I'm a little bit tired and sleepy. I've had tired. kind of a busy day. Yeah, that's hot there, having been out the sun, out the sun with uh, Billy and Moppy and Calvin and Kevin, Moppy's son and Mars and his son was all out at the lake. Uh, Joe Pools Lake and it's sun and wars out. I, I feel you on the energy. But what's your inspiration thought for the day, Robert? We'll make it quick then. Well, now, why, uh, why you hold on, hold on? Why are you doing that? Let me get a little. I always like to have a little bit of music in the background, just just a little something not too loud. <laughs> and uh, it's you know, come on, I said, why do you need music? It's just it's just a good thing I think to have. So we'll play Salvation and Glory. Always but a good speaking one. of music, uh, I I was. Uh, Woman's Day speaker this morning. You know, I'm letting you know why I'm a little bit tired because I've made two. I had to make two things today. I was a Woman's Day speaker at Mount Rose, and their music was just beautiful. Their praise music and a Reverend uh, Joe Foster is carrying on that congregation right now because they, they, uh, they. he may be permanent, I don't know, because they, the pastor that was there is gone. And uh, then when I left there, I went to St. James on Ramey. Uh, I started a college fund drive in 1999 and uh, organized a group of young men, and they are still carrying on that uh, college fund uh, drive. Every year they give away uh, at least two uh, college college funds to two two students going off to school, and today they gave away <clears throat> two. One of them was just a small one, was two fifty, and then they gave a thousand dollar scholarship to another. Uh, 
a young man. And, that, well, that's and that's good. Just, and, and it's that's still going just, on, huh? Yeah, they're still carrying on. I, I had thought, I really thought they had stopped when I le- when I when I left the church to go to Wichita Falls. You know, I was just thinking it would just slowly, you know, die out. But they have kept this cottage farm drive going. And uh, uh, and I just, you know, the, one of the things that it, it really blesses my spirit, but to know that uh, this is what I believe. I believe that only what you do for Christ will last. That's the reason it's still going. Cause I didn't do it for myself. I do it. I didn't. I wasn't trying to get clout, you know. Uh, I just did what I did because I I was able to help some young men and those young men. Now, two. I remember. Wait a minute. Two two of those young men that I started out with, they died, you know. But. Uh, by me being, going on from going from that church to two more churches, I kind of lost contact. But they stayed together, and they're still operating with the scholarship funds. And Christmas and Thanksgiving, they give away uh, baskets uh, to the senior citizens, and I think they're giving away clothes. I forgot what all they told me that they they kind of it's kind of growing. The organization is growing, and uh, they gave gave me a little certificate of recognition today. So that just blessed my spirit. That people you remember what you do, and I and uh and I didn't like I said I didn't plan on uh, trying to. Make a name for myself, but God has God's word is truth. He said the gift will make room for you. Now the gift is the gift of the Holy Spirit. God's spirit will take you uh, among men in high places, and the things that go on you don't even know about. Now I can't help. So there's very little I can do now because I've retired, have very little money, and then getting old too. Speaking of getting old, I have a birthday coming up Thursday, and I'm gonna see how many folk are listening to us tonight. I can I'll find well, out when they well, call I'll me. Get, I, 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 when I'll they call my, me. Uh, uh, oh, when they, well, when they call you and say happy birthday, well, I'm right, get my, I, mean, I, I don't know who was listening. I'm a, I'm gonna give an early one in now. Happy birthday to you! Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's so, that's in case you forget to call Thursday. <laughs> oh my! But yeah, anyway, I, I guess the, the word the word the word I would word of inspiration I would give to anybody that's listening tonight is only. What you do for Christ will last. Other things will just kind of fade away. But that that you do for Christ uh, will last. And be careful with your words. Somebody will say you shouldn't say that, but I, I, I try to say the truth. And this is what God says 
about the words. I mean, when you tell the truth, you'd be surprised. The word, which is the word of God, the word can move mountains because it's written. And God used words to create the heavens and the earth. That's truth spoken into existence. That's right. He used words, so you have to be careful with our words. Careful, careful what you say. So a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And you'd be surprised what we can speak into existence. You know, and I remember when I was young, I remember if I said I had a headache, I said, you know, I believe I feel a headache coming on. And do you know before that day was over, my head would be bursting? You can, uh, we can speak things in existence, so be careful what we say, and I hope that somebody is listening and hear me say what I say. And I've been guilty sometimes of saying things and didn't have to bite my tongue and take it back. But Jesus said, For I say unto you that every even idle word that men speak, they shall give account of it in this day of judgment. But by the word, for by our words we shall be justified, and by our words we shall be condemned. And and, and, it's some hard things that we have to do. One of them is be silent about injuries. You know, uh, be silent about injuries that other people inflicted on us. You know. And be silent in discussing the weakness of other other people. And don't talk about it. Be silent in advertising your own mistakes. Because a lot of the time, you know, people people take your words and turn and hurt you with them. Because the Bible said, be careful about casting pearls before swines. You know, this, this was in a, this is a parable because they'll. Turn on you and rent you. Rent means to tear. Tear means to hurt. Be careful about things that are jewels in in the sight of God. People will turn on you. You know, people, non-believers, they'll turn on you. And believers. Huh? And believers. You're right. You're right, baby. Uh-huh. Uh, he said, be careful. You know, the Casting pearls, some 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 words are like precious jewels. Pearls are jewels. Be careful how you, but be careful with casting pearls before swines, because they'll turn on you and rent you, hurt you. I've been hurt just for telling the truth. You know, and if you, and I tell you, if you don't want to know the truth, if I know it, don't ask me. You know. And uh, so anyway, uh, I'm gonna stop there so that maybe I have something to say the next time. <laughs> well, I had to leave a little bit tired because, uh, like I said, old lady tried to make two places today. In fact, I made three. I even went to the convalescent home to see my friend. She's a double double amputee. I went by to see just. Spend just a, just a short time with her, 
And when I, I told her, I said, you know, I'm getting sleepy sitting up here. So I didn't want to go to sleep on her, so I came on home. And it uh, won't be long before I will be going to bed early. Thanks again for allowing me to say just a word. If I could, if I can help somebody with just a word, I'm blessed. Well, hey, Robbie, you will help a lot of people with that because what you've spoken is just uh, universal laws with regards to the tongue and speaking. You know, this is this is how the earth was created. We have to watch what we say, and we have to watch what we say about people. And we have to go watch what we have to say most important about ourselves because we life and death is within the tongue. within the tongue. Yeah, and so this um, is an old, old, old scripture, uh, you know, ancient old truth, I should say. Well, it's, so it's, it's we, the truth. You know, we appreciate that input. We really do. Tonight, I don't know if I had a, you had a chance to hear, but we're going to be dealing with uh, a, a lady by the name of... Uh, uh, she's an author. Uh, I'm sure you know Bridget Hilliard and uh, her husband, Dr. Hilliard, Pastor Hilliard out of uh, he's out of Houston. You ever heard of them? No, I haven't. Oh, they're 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 huge. They're like now I'm, I tell you who she is. She spoke at uh, Woman Thou Art Loose. Uh, she was one of the main speakers at that Woman Thou Art Loose. And you know that anybody speaking there. Uh, is 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 not going to be no fly by night type of person. They 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 have been around for a while. I think they serve the Houston area. But um, anyway, Doctor Ivy Hilliard is his name, and then his wife' name is Bridget. She's going to be talking about tonight. Family generational curses. Family generational curses. And she lit up the house. Uh, thousands. I know it was at least twenty five thousand people in that place. Probably more because they packed out that convention center. And uh, she talked about generational curses then, and I thought I'd just replay it tonight. So that's what we're going to do tonight. We're not going to have any guests. We'll just, so if you get a chance to listen, I know you say you're sleepy, but maybe tomorrow you can get Jared or somebody to find on the Internet and you can hear it, hear the recorded version. It's going to be interesting. But let me say this, and then I'm on, I will you know, sign off. But, Seth, do you know... Uh, because the people don't study the word, and they don't, some people won't even listen. They are not aware that there are generation curses. I mean, curses on families from one generation to the next. Somebody, and then every now and then, somebody need to break the curse. Oh yeah, you'd be surprised. Oh yeah, people, people they don't know why the families and the fixes in. Because it's a generation curse. Yeah, she goes into it pretty deep. I mean, she mentions some things. Sometimes you wonder, these kids, okay, listening to her, because she goes off into some deep stuff. You got, you got she, some adults. She talks about, she got an hour, it's an hour, and it's six clips, and each one of them is about ten minutes. And the first five clips is talking about the problem. And, well, the first four and a half clips are talking about the problem. And then uh, when you get to that that fifth clip, the fifth uh, audio, she started talking about the solution. That last clip is, is great because that's when you're making the declarations on your family. And it's it's a very strong, strong method. So if you get a chance, like I said, get Jared or somebody to sign up on the Internet. Maybe they can put it on a CD and you can play it in your CD um, and listen to it. So that's happening in a little bit after we're done here. 
But anyway, Robert, thank you for again stopping by, sharing the word of wisdom, and, and uh, it's recorded, so people will get a chance to hear it, um, and like, and hopefully they'll hear it before Thursday and get you, uh, wish you a <laughs> call, and, and, and at least give you, wish you a happy birthday. All right. So what thanks, about the you spring know, Sunday, uh, Seth? Seth? Oh, 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 oh! You know what? I can't forget that. I'm so glad you brought that up. You're absolutely right. Sunday, uh, everybody, you know, I, I got it wrote down here. I guess just would have to, would have kept it. I would have just had to have kept reading. Everybody know I've been saying it every single week, so I wouldn't have forgot it. But she's speaking of, and Robert's talking about the 17th, the uh, barbecue over at Shawnee's house. Everybody needs to bring $10. I thought it was $10 a family, but I'll... I, Chris posted something on my Facebook saying it's $10 a person, and if you got children, that includes your children. It's not like it's $10 an adult, and children will go with uh, under their family, is what it sounds like. So every adult needs to pay 10 bucks, and uh, you would take that money over to Shawnee's, uh, what I'm told, what he said on his, uh, Facebook. Is anybody supposed to, you supposed to bring a dish or something? No, they're just saying bring ten dollars. It's nobody. Nobody has instructed uh, uh, to do anything else. I did see Dinky at the graduation uh, uh, for Dominique, and uh, he didn't mention bringing anything other than the ten dollars. So, ten dollars. So, if everybody's listening, there you have it, ten dollars, and that is going to be. I think it's. Is it two o'clock? Hold on, I can. Pull it up right quick on Facebook. One thing about the computer, pull stuff up. Not sure, but uh, I'm glad you reminded me because, like I said, I haven't wrote down, but I hadn't looked that far in my notes yet. But that is the 17th. That's this Sunday, everybody. Over to Shiny's house on the north side. If you need directions, I'm sure um, you can just email her or text somebody related to uh, her on the Facebook. Alicia, somebody should have that. All right, Robbie, what is what? Do you happen to know uh, uh, Shawnee's? Uh, I don't know her? anything about it. I, that just except that that it's on the seventeenth. Okay. Well, I just got my Facebook up here, and let me see what it says here, just so everybody will hear it straight from uh, Chris's mouth. And uh, he did post this uh, this week. Let me see what it says, and I'll be able to tell everybody. Exactly what he said, but I hope it ain't hot as it was last year. It's all I hope. I mean, you know, I, the little <laughs> little forecast only went through to uh, it only went through Wednesday, but I'm hoping it, it's not hot. I'm just just praying it's not. Now I know it'll be hot, but I'm hoping not 110 like it was last year. Last year was blazing hot. Okay, here we go. Let's see what he said here. All righty. I'm trying to pull it up. My computer's a little bit slow. Okay. Where is it at? Anyway, folks, I'm going to find this. I'll pull up a little later on and I'll go over it. But anyway, Robert, again, thank you so much for uh, calling in with your word of knowledge, word for the day, inspirational moment for the day, whatever you want to call it. Appreciate it, appreciate it, appreciate it. And, uh, I'm just hoping that everybody will uh, remember to call you on Thursday and wish you a happy birthday or come by and see you, um, whichever's easiest. 
<laughs> All right, I'll say good night. All right, good night. And that was Amy Robbie, everybody. I was trying to find this uh, clip by um, Chris, and I haven't found it yet. So it's a lot of stuff on my Facebook. I thought it was pretty up at the top, but it's like at the bottom, and I got a lot of messages. As you all know, I have a whole lot of friends, and I have over 1,400. And when they're posting on your Facebook, it's hard to, uh, I mean, it's way down here. But anyway, we'll find it. Anyway, folks, this is what I want to do at this moment. I want to do a little comedy. You've heard from me, Robbie. It's a serious word. We'll do something a little lighter, something a little funny. Yeah, I remember last week. I'm sure y'all remember the comedian last week because some of y'all really enjoyed that brother. Well, this week we're going to do the same brother. We'll feature him again. And uh, I think I erased that. I think I erased that that from uh, Chris. I think I just went ahead and erased it. So anyway, I'll tell you what, let me check my uh, one more thing. We won't give up because I really want to get this out because this is the last time we'll be able to talk about it because next Sunday is the, is the barbecue itself. So let's see if I can. Uh... But, yeah, uh, this comedian is... Um, Blessed us last week, I tell you. I, I don't think, I think this guy might be the funniest guy out there to tell you the truth. I don't think nothing hit me as funny as this gentleman that we played last week. And so in a second here, I am going to play him again. Uh, so anyway, with regards to Chris, I think I just found it here. This is the old one, though. I don't think this is the new one. He sent me one before... Yeah, this is all old stuff, so I'm not going to even quote this one. Yeah, this is all old stuff. Anyway, folks, here's a little bit of comedy. And uh, y'all loosen up. We can't be serious all the time. So please, please have a uh, uh, be real because that's where y'all are when you're not, when you're at home and nobody's around. You're not at church. Y'all look at some of these same comedian. So in this venture, we don't have to have everything super spiritual, okay? But um, this brother, they call him, I can't pronounce his name. Now, this gentleman used to be saved. And um, Akintunde, used to be uh, in the world, rather, and then got saved because he fell up on some hard time. And uh, he's just been... Ever since then, he's taken off his his his. He have taken off as a comedian since he gave his life to the Most High and started trying to do things the right way. Ain't that just just like the Father? But here he is, uh, a Kintunde, spelled A K I N T U N D E. Check this out. This is pretty pretty funny stuff. We'll be right back. We people of faith, right? Y'all, people of faith, right? Tell you one thing we need to get some faith for and tackle. I'm telling you, we need to do something about all this game bouts. We do. We do. Game bouts and got out of control. Blue can't go on this side of town. Red can't go on this side of town. Blue got this side of town locked down. Red got this side of town locked down. And I ain't talking about no Crips and no blood. I'm talking about Kmart and Walmart. Them are two biggest gangs in the country right there. Walmart ain't no joke. 
Walmart ain't nothing but a big old game. And Walmart is whipping Kmart behind. <laughs> Every city I go in, Kmart closes. Walmart ain't no joke, boy. Walmart, I'm going to tell you, Walmart got too much stuff. You can get everything done at Walmart. I mean everything. You can get your hair done, get your nails done, get your eyeglasses done, get your taxes done, buy your loaf of bread, change the tires, change the oil, get some groceries. I'm telling you, in a minute, Walmart going to have a church. Watch. What? But Walmart, holiness, full gospel, Pentecostal, church of God in Christ, and low prices. <laughs> Some of y'all gonna leave the church. Low prices, low prices. Hallelujah, low prices. Low prices, low prices. <laughs> Walmart ain't no joke. I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and just put it out here right now. You know, God healed me because I, I was a Walmart addict. There's some, there's some more of y'all Walmart junkies in here right now. See, some of y'all sitting trying to front like you don't know you're a Walmart junkie. I'm, we, we need to go ahead and have an altar call. Y'all come right on front. And let me lay hands on you. Loose that Walmart demon. Loose him. Loose him. You know you're a Walmart demon because you can't go in there and buy one thing. I dare you to go in there and get one thing. Go on Walmart and get just what's on the list and walk out. You can't. I tell my wife, somebody, don't go in there and get a bunch of stuff. I said, look here, you want me to get one thing? You need to give me exact change. If it costs $1.85, give me $1.85. Don't give me no card. Don't give me $2. I'm going to buy something else. Because you, you get what you're supposed to get. Bro, I done got what I'm supposed to get. I'm walking to the checkout. I'm, I'm leaving. I got one thing on the list. I'm getting it. I'm walking. Then I see the devil out of the corner of my eye. That little smiley face. Whatever that smiley face got, you want to get it. DVD player is $18. Yahoo, that's cheap. I got to get one. <laughs> Short and sweet. Now, that guy is, uh, again, a Ken Day. A Ken Day. I want to share one he did last week, and uh, only because that was a little short. And I want y'all to, well, some of y'all, Okay, to be more specific, a few of y'all did appreciate enough to, uh, y'all appreciated this from last week, so I want to share this one again. Please don't jump on me for sharing this twice. Y'all liked it? I'm playing it again, simple and plain, okay? So this is uh, one, and I'm only doing this because that one's a little short. But check this out. This one right here takes the cake, and uh, go check this out and support it, okay? Especially now he's giving his life to the most high. I mean, come on, y'all, follow this brother, Support it, okay? It's just sending a message to the world like Tyler Perry did that believers, we will support those folks that are part of um, the church, simple and plain. But this this, this is one I played last week, and y'all like this, so I'm going to play it again. And then after this, I think we're going to go ahead and get right into the meeting today. I think we're going to skip the uh, thought, for t- the um, did you know section of the show. I really was going to share that with y'all some economic things that will really blow you away. Um, but I gotta go ahead and get into this show because we got an hour of, of audio clips and uh, um, we just definitely gotta get that out there. But so we'll we'll do that next week. But check this out. We'll be right back. It's, it's a lot of interest now in the life of Christ, and that's beautiful. People asking questions. You know, secular people asking questions. I heard somebody ask this question. He posed this question. And I thought it was interesting. They asked, well, "Was Jesus married?" And I was like, "Wow, dude, the scripture doesn't say that." Yeah. 
That's what I'm saying. You God on this earth, performing miracles to die for our sins. You come home from hard day's work, like waiting to look at you. Where you been, Jesus? Huh? Where you been, huh? Where you been, Jesus? You've been gone for a while. So you mean to tell me you've been gone for 40 days, and I'm supposed to believe that you just in the woods fasting and praying? I must look like a fool with you, Jesus. I'm tired of this here, Jesus. I'm sick of this here. You probably was out with your little 12 friends. They're always following you around. I can't stand none of them. I don't trust none of them. Peter, I don't know. Turn on as soon as we get a chance. Trust none of them. Now they gotta follow you around. You have to wait on you to feed them and all of that. Don't make this don't make no sense. I'm sick of this. And I'm, I'm hearing things in the street, Jesus. <laughs> What's this about some woman crying and washing her feet, your feet with her tears? What's up with that, Jesus? Huh? Why she gotta put her hands on your feet, Jesus? I'm sick of this here. Some other woman took on around tell people all she had to do was touch your garment. I, I don't appreciate that. What, what's that? You put your hands on you, Jesus. Try this, Jesus. I need, I need me. You saved everybody. You need to save your marriage. For me, I need you to talk to me, Jesus. How come every time I ask you something, you gotta answer me in parables? And talk to me, Jesus. Talk to me. <laughs> that is precious. <laughs> Imagine no. Imagine the pressure Noah was You been building an ark for a hundred years, and it ain't rained yet. It ain't never rained before, your wife. No, she doing that big old thing in our yard. Spend all our money building this doggone thing. I'm just going to rain. You need to tear that thing down and get our money back. It ain't never rained before. Got these nasty animals in my backyard. Get some nasty animals out my backyard. Got me right here itching. I'm sick of this noise. Come on, I think I'm getting on the ship with you and all them animals. You got no thing coming. I ain't going. And my turn ain't going neither. That is pressure. Imagine Jonah. Imagine Jonah coming back home 
after three days, you come home and tell your wife you've been going in the belly of a whale. Where you been, Jonah? You been going since Thursday. You gonna come in here and tell me that you was in a whale? That's not how you can come up with. That's the best you can do, Jonah. Girl, he said a whale. She been gone all weekend. A whale, girl. <laughs> that is question. That is precious. Even though it's funny and I laughed so hard the first five times I played it, listen to it again, it actually do make a whole lot of sense. And I say that's what, what comedy is comedy because it's based in both truth and um, fantasy. Anyway, support that brother. All right, people, switching gears now. Uh, this lady, this lady, this lady, what can I say, is something to... Um, she is um, a preacher's preacher. That's all there is to it. And a female. Uh, for those of y'all that don't agree with women preachers, you don't, may change your mind after you hear this little clip. So let's go ahead and bring her on. And uh, this is an audio clip, everybody. I do not have her here. It's just an audio clip. So I want to just go ahead and bring her on. So let's do a little, little intro here. And now for our feature presentation. As you take your seats, if you'll open your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and you don't have to stand for the scripture reading because I'll be reading a lot of scriptures, so if you'll just follow along with me in the Word of God and use your pencils and your pens and your pads, you can write down the scriptures, and uh, it's my desire that you leave here a different way than you come today, amen? 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. Well, I'll start reading at verse 7. Unless I should be exalted above measure that through the abundance of the revelation that was given to me, a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Now, the Apostle Paul here is dealing with a situation in his life where he's experiencing a harassment from the devil. And the reason why we know it's a harassment from the devil is because the Bible clearly says that he says to God, it's a messenger of Satan that's been sent to buffet me. And the word buffet means to harass me. So it was a messenger of Satan that was constantly harassing him over and over again. And the Apostle Paul goes to God and he says, God, can you help me out of the situation that I'm in? And it's interesting to note that God tells him, my grace is sufficient for you. In other words, he was saying to the Apostle Paul, you have everything that you need to overcome the situation that you're faced with in life. And the Amplified Version amplifies it better by saying, my grace, my favor, my loving kindness and mercy is enough for you. 
sufficient against any danger and enables you to bear up under the trouble manfully. So that means that the revelation that we can get from this scripture is that for any weak situation I face within life, there's grace available to overcome it. Amen? Turn and tell your neighbor, say, there's grace available for any weak situation that I'm faced with in life. Now, you know, traditionally we've heard that grace is the unmerited favor of God and that grace is, uh, that God, that, that, it's, that, that grace is amazing, grace that saved us. But grace is so much more than that. If you look through the Bible, the Bible talks about the multifaceted grace of God or the many-sided grace of God. And so the Bible clearly tells us that no matter what weak situation that you're going through, if you'll tap into the grace of God by faith, you can overcome. Amen? Now, Turn to Exodus chapter 20, Exodus chapter 20, and we'll continue in our teaching. And I just want you to hold the thought in mind that for every weak situation that I'm faced with, there's grace available to overcome it. Now, let me just say this. I have been trained in sermon preparation. I've also been trained in sermon delivery. And I know that during, after you read your first scripture, it's the time for you to give the subject of your text. But if you will allow me to, to put my subject on the shelf for just a few moments, I believe that your life will be tremendously blessed if you'll just stick with me throughout the rest of the teaching. Can you do that? All right. How many of you have ever wondered why it seems that certain people can never get ahead in life? Have you ever wondered why it seems that no matter what job they get, no matter what profession they go in, no matter how they try, they confess, they do all of these things, but yet they never seem to be able to break the crack to get ahead in life and they just remain in a poverty-stricken situation? Or perhaps you may have wondered why it seems that some women can attract all of the best men and they get the best husbands, but yet and still they never seem to be able to stick with that particular man, never be able to stick in that situation. Have you ever wondered that? Or perhaps your own life. Have you ever wondered why it seems like everybody keeps doing the same thing over and over again? Like your nieces get messed up with certain things and your nephews get messed up with certain things. Your grandfather was in prison and then your father got to go to prison. Then your uncle is in prison. How many of you have ever had that? those thoughts come through your mind? All right, well, I tell you, if you'll stick with me today, I'm going to give you a revelation on why those things happen, and then I'm going to show you how to get out of it. Amen? Turn and tell your neighbor and say, she's going to help her sister out today. You know, the order of God is set in the earth even before man gets a revelation of it. In other words, God sets the order, and it may be years before man gets a revelation on that order, but the order is already set. Let me just give you an example. For example, the Bible says that death and life is in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Well, before we got the revelation on death and life was in the power of our tongue, we were saying all kinds of negative things about our situations, and they were coming to pass in our lives. And then one day we got a revelation, and we found out that I should speak what I want to happen in my life and not speak what's happening in my life right now. So even though the order was set long before you got the revelation, it does not cancel out the order. The order is already set. Amen? All right, Exodus chapter 20. You should be there by now. Exodus chapter 20, verse 5. It says, Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, am, for I the Lord, thy God, am a jealous God, 
visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. Now turn over to Lamentations chapter 5. Lamentations chapter 5. And you might be saying, Lamentations, I've never heard of it. Well, it's in the Bible. It's on page 1052 of the Light Sword Bible. And it's right before Ezekiel for those of you who went to Baptist Training Union. All right. Lamentations chapter 5, verse 7. It says, Our fathers have sinned and are not, and we have borne their iniquities. Now, the writer Jeremiah here sounds just like what Moses said just a few moments ago. He says, our fathers have sinned, and even though our fathers are gone, we're bearing their iniquities. And then we found out in Exodus chapter 20 that the iniquity is visited upon the children from the fathers to the third and fourth generation. Now, turn over to Nehemiah chapter 9. I mean, Jeremiah 32. I'm sorry. Jeremiah 32. Jeremiah 32. We'll show you another proof text scripture of this iniquity thing running in generations from the father and then down to the children to the third and fourth generation. Jeremiah chapter 2 verse 32 verse 18. Thou showest loving kindness unto thousands and recompense the iniquity of the fathers into the bosom of the children after them. Now turn and tell your neighbor say, hmm. Now, even though we haven't defined this iniquity thing, we can see in the mouth of two or three witnesses that there is something that goes down from generation to generation. It's passed down from the fathers to the children to the third and fourth generation. Now, you may be saying, well, that's all Old Testament. That doesn't have anything to do with me. Well, turn over to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, and let's see if we can find it in the New Testament. You know, the context of this scripture in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, the Paul, the writer here, is talking about the coming of the Antichrist. And in the midst of him talking about the coming of the Antichrist, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 6, he breaks up and he makes this profound statement. Verse 7, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7, he says, For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. He said, yes, there's coming a day when iniquity is going to be running rampant in the land. He said, that's the day when the Antichrist shall come. But he said, but let me just stop and make a point right here. Even though the day of the Antichrist is going to come and iniquity is going to be spread abroad in the earth, he said, but wait a minute. This mystery of iniquity is already at work. In other words, I already see it working in the earth. Amen? Now turn over to Isaiah 53. And turn and tell your neighbor, say, I wonder what this iniquity stuff is. I can't hear you. Say, tell your neighbor, say, I wonder what this iniquity stuff is. Amen, because this iniquity stuff we can see is running throughout the Bible. We showed you several Old Testament scriptures. Then we showed you a New Testament text that says the mystery of iniquity is already at work. So iniquity is running rampant in the earth already. And then we found out that iniquity is passed down from the fathers to the children to the third and fourth generation. And even when the fathers are gone on, the Bible says this iniquity is already at work. It's already working in the earth. Amen. Well, as y'all see, she's switching gears, starting out really slow. Check this out. I'm telling y'all, she's going to get deep here real quickly. I've before, and we've confessed it over our lives, but I believe today you're going to get a new revelation of it. Isaiah 53, verse 4. 
And and again, real quickly, I'm sorry, just again real quickly, you're listening to uh Pastor, author, Doctor Bridget Hilliard. Uh she sounded a little hoarse, but she's been probably preaching uh probably done several uh sermons uh at the uh, woman that will lose um convention. But this is her, is is at that convention talking about breaking family generational curses. You definitely want to hear the last part of this. But these other ones, it's just she's talking about what they are. She's going to go into the definition of generational curses, and you'll see that for sure it's in every family, including this one, and just how to break them, as um, you know, and Robin was mentioning earlier. All right, here we go. Read before and we confess it over our lives, but I believe today you're going to get a new revelation of it. Isaiah 53, verse 4. Surely he hath borne our grief and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgression, he was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Now, even though we may not understand what this iniquity is, we got to understand that this iniquity stuff must not have been good because Jesus went to do something about our iniquity. The Bible says he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity, so iniquity must not be good. Turn and tell your neighbor, say, iniquity must not be good. But thank God Jesus came to do something about it. Amen? Turn and tell your neighbor say, thank God Jesus came to do something about it. All right. Now, there are three degrees of sin, in the, of, of disobedience in the Bible. First, there's sin. That's the missing of the mark. Then there's transgression. That's the manifestation of sin. And then there's iniquity. And iniquity is the practice of sin to the point that it becomes pleasurable habitual. There are no restraints. And I'll give it to you again. First, there are three uh, degrees of disobedience in the earth. First, there's sin, the missing of the mark. Then there's transgression, the manifestation of sin. Then there's iniquity, and it's the practice of sin to the point that it becomes pleasurable, habitual, and there are no restraints. And for the context of this teaching, iniquity is a predisposition to yield to sin in a certain area where there's a weakness that has been passed down from generation to generation. I'll give it to you once again. For the context of this teaching, iniquity is a predisposition to sin that has been passed down from generation to generation, and it's a weakness to yield to that particular type of sin. Now, it's not a foreign term because we know that we're all born into sin and shaped into iniquity. According to when Adam sinned in the Bible, the Bible says we were born into sin because of Adam's sin. But I'm talking about an iniquity that's been passed down from generation to generation where there's a weakness in you to yield to a certain type of sin. Turn over to Psalm 51. Psalm 51. So we can see that we were born in the earth having inherited a weakness to sin in a certain area from our foreparents. 
We're born in the earth with a weakness to sin in a certain area that was that from our foreparents. And remember, we already told you that there's grace available to overcome any weakness that you're faced with in life. So you don't have to be condemned today because you were born with a tendency to sin in a certain area because there's grace available to overcome, and we're going to show you how to get out of it. Amen? All right, Psalm 51. And David makes this crystal clear when he's brought face to face with the sin in his own life. He, Psalm 51 verse 1 says, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgression, and my sin is ever before me. Verse 4, Against thee and thee only have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mayest be justified when thou speakest, and clear when thou judgest. And verse 5, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. And the Amplified says, Behold, I was brought forth in a state of iniquity. So David is saying here that there was a tendency to sin in a certain area that I was born with. Now turn back over to Isaiah 53, because when you understand this, that there's a predisposition to a certain kind of sin in a certain area where there's a weakness to yield to that sin, then you understand how the devil tries to exploit this thing and try to get you off focus so you miss out on the purposes of God for your life. Now, this series of lessons should answer a lot of questions for you. It should answer some questions for you on why you see certain misbehavior going on from generation to generation. You know, we have very endearing names for our grandparents. And, you know, we would hate to think that Mama and Papa did anything wrong. You know, Mama and Papa, they're living holy now. They're going to church now. And you would hate to think that one day Mama and Papa didn't do everything that they were supposed to do right. You know, for example, this explains why Mama's children all got different daddies. And then you, your aunties, all of they, all of her kids got different daddies. Or your mother, all of your sisters and brothers got different daddies. Then you had children, and all of your children got different daddies. And now your daughter is running around hot as a peacock. Why? Not because of anything else, but iniquity that's running rampant in the earth. Certain sexual perversions are running rampant in the earth because there's an iniquity trait in your family and it's been running rampant in your family and it's time to stop it. This explains why granddaddy was in jail, then daddy was in jail, and then your brother went to jail. This also explains why now your niece is coming to you telling you her father is having sex with her. And then you remember how your father was touching you on your behind. And then you remember how your auntie told you that her father was touching on her. Iniquity. Turn and tell your neighbor, say, iniquity. And it has to stop, but thank God Jesus came to do something about it. The Bible says in Isaiah 53, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. So if you're going to stop it, you've got to stop it at the root. You've got to let the devil know, hey, this is going to stop with me. And listen, this is not a foreign concept. The first time you go to a doctor, the first time you go for a doctor's visit, they always tell you, arrive 30 minutes ahead of time. The reason for that is they need you to fill out some paperwork.
If you don't stop it, this thing gets worse and worse. Generation, generation. Did you get that? If you don't stop it, it gets worse. Generation after generation after generation. Matthew chapter 12. Hallelujah. And see what the devil wants to do is he wants to enforce his plan upon your life based on the weaknesses that he knows that you've inherited. If he knows that you've inherited a weakness to a certain type of sin in a certain area, he likes to exploit that weakness so he can get you over into an area where you get into iniquity and then you pass that iniquity down to the next generation. I don't want to be the one that's responsible for fabricating new iniquity in my family that my children and my grandchildren got to live with. No, I'm going to stop it with me. My children will live for God for the rest of their lives. Hallelujah. Turn and tell your neighbor, say, you can stop it. Matthew chapter 12. Hallelujah. Are we helping in? Again, you listen to Dr. Bridget Hilliard. Some people call her Pastor Bridget Hilliard. All right, we're going to go ahead and go quickly. I told you I'm just going to play these clips over and over. Nobody anybody have any questions or comments? In the chat room or on the phone lines, press 1 if you're on the phone line. If you're in the chat room, go ahead and type the question. We'll get to it. Uh, this lady, uh, for those of you that didn't catch it earlier, is uh, the pat- uh, wife of uh, Bishop Hillier. And uh, they have, um, I was just reading here a little bit uh, that they, uh, let me just, I'm going to pull it up and let y'all, I'll read it to you. It says, Bishop I.B. and Pastor Bridget Hill are co-founders of the Dynamic New Life Christian Center in North, East, West, and South Houston, and in Beaumont and Austin. That many churches. Their passion to take God's word to hurting uh, and lost generation has resulted in a church membership over 20,000 and counting. New Life Christian Center is not only recognized around the country as a mega church, but in 2007, it was, in 2007, in 2007 of September, it was honored as one of the top 50 most influential churches in America. Um, anyway, there's more to them, but I'll go ahead and let you finish hearing this message on breaking generational curses. Folks, this is very important for the family, and uh, y'all got to hear the last two no matter what. So this is going to be clip number three. We're going to go right through this. We only have three more, and we're done. Uh, after this, After this, we'll have three more. So this is a total of six, and she really bring the house down in the last one. So I'm telling y'all. But more important, listen to what she is calling, uh, what curses are. I, I found several people, and uh, I even can talk about it myself, but I know y'all get tired of hearing me talk, get tired of hearing myself talk sometimes, so I thought I'd bring in somebody else. But what I like about her is she talks about what it is, how it got there, the curse, what a curse is, how, what opens the door, what closes the door, and how to stay delivered. So, anyway, here's script number three, um, the one and only Miss Bridget Hilliard. After generation. That's why your auntie say her daddy was just looking at her, but your daddy was touching on you, and now your brother is having sex with his daughter. Why? Because it gets worse. Generation after generation after generation. It started off with the grandfather just looking. Then it started off with your daddy just touching, and now your brother is going full circle having incest. Why? Iniquity gets worse generation after generation. 
chapter 12, verse 43. When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places, seeking rest, and findeth none. Then he said, I will return into my house. Now underline my house. Now, traditionally we've heard that when the devil is gone out, he comes back after he finds the place empty and garnished and swept. He finds the place empty and he comes back into that house uh, greater than he was before. I submit to you that this is not talking about one house abode. This is talking about a generation. It's like Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He was talking about a generation that was going to serve God. So the devil is not just looking for you to come back in your life. He's looking to have, run havoc in your generation. All right, let's read on. From whence I came out, and when he's come, he findeth an empty, swept, and finished. Verse 45. Then goeth he, and taketh with him seven other spirits, more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of the man is worse than the first. Even so shall it be to this wicked generation. Now I think you're ready for the subject. The subject is grace to overcome generational curses a grace to overcome generational iniquity can you help us to stop turn and ask your neighbor say she gonna help us out today say but say can she really help us out I can help you out because I'm gonna help you out from the word of God now turn over to Matthew chapter 24 Matthew chapter 24, and we'll see how Jesus had to deal with this iniquity situation even in his ministry. Matthew chapter 24, verse 12. And I know you're probably saying, man, she reads a lot of scriptures. Yes, I read a lot of, lot of scriptures because I want your foundation to be in the word of God. So when you leave this place, you can be faith, you can have your faith resting on what God's word says. Not that you'll think I woke up this morning after having eat, eaten some pizza last night, messed with my mind and came up with some new revelation. I'm showing you from the word of God so you can see step by step through the word of God how this iniquity track is running through the word of God. Matthew chapter 24, verse 12. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. In other words, Jesus says, because iniquity is growing, it's intensifying. He says, because iniquity is abounding, the love of many is wax cold. You wonder why you don't love God like you used to love him before? It's because of iniquity is abounding in your life. And you got to stop it so you can fall back in love with God all over again. Now, your iniquity could be keeping you from the good life and the prosperity that God has for you. Turn to Jeremiah chapter 5. Turn and tell your neighbor, say, your iniquity could be keeping you from the good life and the prosperity that God has for you. All right, Jeremiah chapter 5. And remember, iniquity is that predisposition to sin in a certain area where there's a weakness to yield to that sin based on the iniquity that was in your father and your forefathers, and it's been passed down from generation to generation. And because of that iniquity, it could be keeping you from the good life and the prosperity God has for you. Jeremiah chapter 5, verse 25. Your iniquities have turned away these things, and your sins have withholden good things from you. 
So your iniquity and your sin is keeping you from the good life that God has for you. Now turn over to Job 36. And I know you're probably saying in your mind, but I thought we were redeemed from the curse of the law. You are redeemed from the curse of the law, but it's every aspect of the finished work of Jesus must be appropriated by faith. You got saved, even though you are saved, you got saved by faith. You believe that Jesus Christ went to Calvary for your healing, but it's by faith that you receive your healing. So it is by faith that you overcome this generational iniquity in your family. Yes, you've been redeemed, but you've got to use your faith to overcome. Turn and tell your neighbor, say, yes, I've been redeemed, but I've got to use my faith to overcome. All right, Job 36. And I know many of you uh, have read Job 36, you've quoted Job 36, and uh, I've quoted it myself. And then when I found out that it could have been some iniquity that was keeping me from the prosperity that I was confessing, I stopped the iniquity in my life, stopped the iniquity in my, in my past generation, and I declared I will experience the blessings of the Lord on my life. Amen? Job 36, verse 11, I'll read the one that you already know. If they obey and serve him... They shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. Now, that's a good scripture, right? But how many of you know that you, the Bible is not like a menu? You can't pick and choose out of the Bible what you want to have and what you don't want to have. And how many of you know you can't decide, well, I'm going to confess verse 11, but I'm going to forget about verse 10. It ain't going to happen. Look at verse 10. He opened also their ear to discipline and commanded that they return from iniquity. Then if they obey and serve him, they'll spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. So iniquity could be keeping you from the prosperity that God has for you. Now turn to Psalm 66. Because iniquity could be keeping your prayers from being answered. Psalm 66. And why this lesson is so important is because we need to stop the iniquity trade in our families so that we don't fabricate new iniquities. And when you know what the devil's strategy is, you can stop him in his tracks. The Bible says we're not ignorant of the devil's devices lest he should take advantage of us. And he's been taking advantage of us too long with this iniquity situation, and we need to stop him. Amen. Psalm 66, verse 18. If I regard iniquity in my heart... The Lord will not hear me. So iniquity is keeping your prayers from being answered. Now turn over to Second Thessalonians, I mean Second Timothy chapter two. And let me just review for those of you who uh, may not be taking good notes. Number one, iniquity is the predisposition to sin in a certain area where there's a weakness to yield to that sin based on the previous generation or past generation. Then we find out that we're not being blamed for the for what our foreparents did, neither are we being judged for what our foreparents did, because the Bible says when a man is drawn away, he's drawn away by his own lust and entice. So you can't blame your foreparents for the mess that you got in, but you can see that the devil has been running rampant in your family, and it could be because you were just ignorant and you didn't know. And now that you know, you got to stop it. Amen? And, you know, we've seen this uh, 
both spiritually and in the natural. We have a, a drug rehabilitation program at our church where we have men who come from across America to our drug rehab program to get free from crack cocaine, free from drug addiction. And when they come into the program, they spend, stay there for 90 days and it's free of charge. We take care of them and then they go back to their cities and their states to live victorious lives. What well, we've seen how this iniquity trait has run rampant in families. We've had up to three generations of families in Life Change Institute at one time. The grandfather has been in there because he was on crack. The father's been in there because he was on crack. And the son is in there because he was on crack. And the amazing thing is, is that they were all in different parts of the country, and then they ended up at Life Change Institute seeing each other there and saying, oh, I didn't know you were on crack. I didn't know you were on crack. And it was all because of that iniquity trait that's been running in that family, and the devil wants to keep it enforced in your life so he can stop God's plan for your life. We've already found out that iniquity could be keeping you from your prosperity. Iniquity could be keeping your prayers from being hindered. And that's why this lesson is so important so you can use your faith to stop the devil right now so that it won't bother your children, it won't bother you any longer, and you don't have to be tripped up by the iniquities that were going on in your past generation. All right, folks. What do y'all think? What do you think? Now this next one is number four. Then we got we've got the, the last two. You do not want to miss. So here's four, and then the last two after this you do not want to miss. I'm just moving right along. Uh, this is good. I told you we told you would be really good. make sure there's no. We'll just move right along. Uh, y'all are sitting there. Chat room is full of people. All right, we'll just continue. Again, you listen to Doctor. Uh, Bridget Hillier, Pastor Bridget Hillier, author Bridget Hillier, she goes where many hands. But here we go. In Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a perpetuation or a substitute through faith in his blood. Turn and tell your neighbor, say, through faith in his blood. Through faith in his blood to declare the, his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. So you've got to exercise faith in the blood. It is only through sacrificial blood that iniquity can be eradicated. Now turn over to Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9. Verse 11. But Christ being come, our high priest of good things to come, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 12, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood. Turn and tell your neighbor, say, by his own blood. By his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of heifers, sprinkling the unclean, sanctified the purifying of the flesh, how much more? How much more? How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience of dead works to serve the living God. There is incredible power in the blood of Jesus. Yes, your mother may have had a child out of wedlock. Yes, your auntie may have had children. 
to give you seven things or seven principles to eradicate iniquity, and we're almost finished. Seven principles to eradicate iniquity in your life. And you want to write them down. You know, 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And then what does he do? He cleanses us from all unrighteousness. All right, number one, you're going to acknowledge and repent of your own personal sins without excuse. In other words, you're going to go to God and say, God, I know I messed up. I messed up. I know I messed up. I ain't what I'm supposed to be. I acknowledge and I repent of my own sin. I ain't blaming nobody else. You got to do just like David did when he was got caught in his sin. He saw Bathsheba out there naked on the balcony. He could have went to God and said, God, if Bathsheba hadn't been out there bathing naked, I would have never fallen into sin. But he said, no, God, against thee and thee only have I sinned. So you got to go to God and acknowledge and repent of your own sins. And then the second thing I'm going to give you, now let me just tell you this before I give it to you. Just because you've never done something before doesn't mean it's not right to do it. Turn and tell your neighbor, say, just because you've never done something before, it ain't right to do it. All right, Leviticus chapter 26, verse 39. And they that, let, they, they that are let of you shall pine away in their iniquity in your enemy's land, and also the iniquities of their fathers shall they pine away with them. Verse 40, if they shall confess their iniquity and the iniquity of their fathers, which they which, which, with their trespass, which they, have, they trespassed against me, and that also they have walked contrary unto me. Now turn to Jeremiah chapter 14. Jeremiah 14. And I'm giving you all these scriptures to set you up because just because you've never done something before doesn't mean you're not supposed to do it. Jeremiah chapter 14. Verse 20, we acknowledge, O Lord, our wickedness and the iniquity of our fathers, for we have sinned against thee. So we see two times here that the Bible says that we need to acknowledge the iniquities of our fathers. So the second thing that you need to do to eradicate the iniquity in your family or to eradicate iniquity in your life is you must acknowledge and confess the iniquities of your foreparents. Well, I know you're saying, well, I don't even know my four parents. I was adopted. Turn over to Nehemiah chapter 9. Let me give you another proof check. Nehemiah chapter 9. And you might say, well, I, I don't even know what my four parents did. How can I confess that nigga? Well, you know they messed up. How I many of you can say, I know they did something wrong? You don't even know all of the stuff that you done done, so he's not asking you to confess everything that they've done or confess everything that they did wrong. He just said acknowledge and confess it. So you just say, God, I acknowledge that my four parents messed up. I don't even know them. I don't even know what they done done, but I know that they did it. And then I know you probably say, well, I ain't never heard of that before. I ain't never heard of nobody confessing no iniquities of somebody else and going to God on behalf of somebody else. Just because you don't read your Bible doesn't mean it's not in the Bible. When they were stoned in Stephen, the Bible says that Stephen was being stoned. He was there and his enemies were stoning him. In Acts chapter 7, and Stephen said, Lord, lay not this to their charge. He went to God on behalf of somebody else. And then Jesus, when he was being crucified and beaten, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know what they do. So the second thing that you've got to do is to acknowledge and confess.
confess the iniquities of your forefathers. Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 2. Another proof text scripture that we need to acknowledge and confess the iniquities of our forefathers. Verse 2. And the seed of Israel separated themselves from all strangers and stood and confessed their sins and the iniquities of their fathers. So the first thing that you're going to do is you're going to acknowledge and repent of your own sins without excuse. The second thing that you're going to do to get rid of iniquity in your life is you're going to acknowledge and confess the iniquities of your poor parents. And then number three, you're going to separate yourself from all sin behavior. Admit it and quit it. If you've been smoking up everything, you've been sleeping with every Tom, Dick, and Harry, admit it and quit it. Get rid of it. Amen. Turn and tell your neighbor, say admit it and quit it. And then number four, take authority over iniquity curse in the name of Jesus. In other words, the Bible says I've given you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. So with your mouth, you take authority over the iniquity curse that's been running in your family. Say, devil, let me tell you something. You might